my biggest fear is not sending it so living with regrets living with what ifs i never ever want to have that so hello everyone welcome to ikizama way of life and thank you so much for tuning in whether you are returning or first-time listener I am your host, Maho, and in this podcast, together we will be learning from some amazing people about their way of life, which has helped them reach where they are today. In this episode, I interviewed Brittany Weeb, current sports and conditioning coach for the Elite Falcons Football Club. She has worked with many universities and professional teams, and the coolest thing about her journey is that she has worked with teams worldwide. She is passionate about her work, and she is passionate about life. I am very excited to deliver this episode to you. So without further ado, here is Brittany Weeb. I took a year off to travel between jobs and I just super passionate about seeing the world and doing all that. And then I knew when I, whenever I join a team or choose my next role, I, I always want to have some form of travel built into it. So I work with Rainbow. They're an organization that essentially recruits the best youth African football players and football, I mean, soccer, depending on what part of the world you call it. Um, And then, so right now I'm in charge of coordinating our strength and conditioning operations for our Dubai club, which is the elite Falcons, which is my main, my main home, my main station. And then I'm also going to be overseeing our, our clubs in Africa. So we have a couple in Kenya that we, first recruit and develop the players there and then they come and get Mm -hmm. sent to Dubai and then the goal is to develop them for them to move on and play at a Euro European club from there so it's like a hub to grow these young yeah exactly yeah nice yeah and how did you first of all get into strength and conditioning I think that's something that a lot of people would love to know (laughs) for sure for sure so I always had such a deep passion for sports growing up. I played everything and anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, ice hockey was my main sport. I like played with the boys till I was 16. And then in high school, I made the the varsity team as a freshman. And so I kind of ran with basketball from there. I landed a division one scholarship at North Dakota State in Fargo. And uh-huh. then that's really where I found my love for strength and conditioning and was introduced to the weight room and just a solid program at that time. And that's where my, I met my first mentor who kind of taught me, um, you know, if you want to do this, you've got to do A, B, and C, and this is kind of the roadmap that you're going to have. And so that was extremely helpful. And I just, I was so passionate about it. And so, yeah, I, I was kind of introduced to strength and conditioning once I got to uni and then never right. looked back. You have worked with a lot of different sports, but like, is yeah. that you have to change something for certain sports? For example, in Clemson, you worked with Olympic sports. Houston Astros, that's definitely baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And now soccer. Do you need to work on, do you just have to be super like versatile with everything you know about sports and a strength and conditioning or? Yeah, it- definitely. So that's that's something that I pride my my experience in. And then when I, look for future jobs I I never want to box myself as you know just a baseball strength and conditioning coach or right right. American football coach like I 
I value all of my experiences with each team and you learn something new with each team and there's always going to be different demands of the sport and different positional needs and everything so I love the challenge of being able to switch gears between between sports and then also you know sharpening your own sword and keeping up with the different demands of okay baseball was a mainly anaerobic sport Mm -hmm. short verse overhead whereas now I'm working with football which is or soccer which is you know, mainly aerobic, also anaerobic, and nothing really to do with overhead anymore. So you you definitely have to switch gears, and it is a it's a nice challenge in itself to be versatile and work with multiple sports. Yeah, you sound super flexible. I mean, you can go to any country, you can work with any sport. That is like a super strength and conditioning coach. I I don't <laughs> I don't think I know a lot of strength and conditioning coach like that to be honest with you like you usually just hear someone working with like a football team forever or like you know like they tend to stick with one sport but that is yeah it's it's definitely humbling switching switching sports and switching gears because you feel like you do have to reteach yourself a lot of things but I I love that challenge and I'm always seeking you know the famous famous saying of be comfortable with being uncomfortable so I'm always chasing that Nice. And you work a lot with men's sport teams, but could you tell us how being a women's coach in a male-dominated field um, works? What are the pros and the cons, if you don't mind sharing that with us? Yeah, for sure. So I just love the challenge of feeling like I have something to prove. So I just, Mm -hmm. I've always just been able to put my head down and let my work speak for itself, you know, and just prove that I belong and thrive and in the male dominant industry and also working with um, male professional sports. I've just always really enjoyed that challenge. It is unfortunate because in some instances you do have the cards stacked against you and you do work with a lot of egos and opinions along the way that aren't always positive. But like I said, you just need to need to kind of understand that going in and put your head down and work. Right. Absolutely. And it, I must motivate a lot of people too because they say, "Well, she she if she can do it, you know what I mean." Like, yeah, that's that's like definitely that. a driving force for me too. Absolutely, the cons there, the challenges that I've faced along the way. Just to touch on a few, I'm sure other other females in this field can definitely relate. Um, but there tends to not be too many females in the organization. So when I was with the Astros, I was the only female SNC on staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's not many people or females to relate to, especially if you're at um, certain affiliates. You could be the only one mm-hmm. within the staff. Um, there's no female dressing room. So, for example, the males, they have one right there next to the gym, whereas we had to go um, outside of our building, walk about five minutes and use like an away umpire's dressing room. That was just yeah, right, right, right. so far from where we were. Uh, male cut clothing like they don't normally have female cut clothing so you either have to ask for them or just make do with what you got you're always gonna like preconceived opinions about you um saying that the players might find it distracting to have a female on the floor um holding back anything too femme so like I remember when I was first starting out like I 
would wear shorts down to my knees. I couldn't wear anything like female cut. I wouldn't have nail polish on at all. No makeup, like just anything to kind of not be quote unquote a distraction or come off femme at all in the beginning. So it is quite the challenge because you, you care so deeply for what you're doing, but you're also holding back a little bit of who you are, you know? So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning. Uh, could you share with us a memorable episode as a coach? You can be from any of your careers. You can keep the Astros yeah. right now, but yeah. Um, so when I earlier when I was touching on my background, so after my graduate assistantship with Missouri, I landed a minor league strength conditioning job with the Houston Astros, where I was living in the Dominican Republic for the first two years. And then my second two years, I was stationed in Florida as the Latin American coordinator. So I was back and forth from there. Um, So definitely during those two years, while I was living in the Dominican Republic, I I had um, various situations where you just kind of make the best out of what you have. And it forces you to be creative and with limited resources and really teaches you to value the small things. So like, some examples of of the Dominican where like you'll just be running a workout right uh-huh and you'll have to go to like I'll move my plyo boxes to the middle of the floor or something and then as soon as I'm moving that all of a sudden a tarantula comes running out from behind the plyo oh box. my god all hell breaks loose <laughs> so I'm freaking out right and then so chill so calm one of my pictures comes with a towel grabs the tarantula and tosses it out the window I'm like what in the (laughs) world like I would never I would never so I was just like things like that another time we had a 6 a.m workout one of the pipes burst above us like oh my god (laughs) we had just had to set the trash can in the middle of the room to collect and work goes on you know or like I'm just got home after work after my own workout I'm in the middle of my shower, shampoo all over my hair. All of a sudden, water goes out. Like, I'm hooped. Nowhere. no, Nothing to do. So I have to grab some water bottles from my fridge and finish the shower that way. Like, expect the unexpected. Exactly. <laughs> another, another one off the top of my head is um, during my first year there. It was our first road game. And in the Dominican, you, you don't go too far. I think the furthest away game is like an hour hour away from us so we are on our first road game of the season um we got the dub we're going in the bus to go home bus won't start so bus is broken down so we're <laughs> so we all go back outside it's it's freaking hot oh we're all just circling up waiting for this bus to get fixed and then all of a sudden some players come out of the bush i'm like what the heck are they doing in the bush and all of a sudden they start like breaking branches over their knee and then like eating the actual branch i'm like oh my god (laughs) are you guys doing and like like try it try it and so it's actually like a sugarcane tree so you can like eat eat the cane from the stick it was crazy or they'll go and like between between innings or something they'll see that there's a mango tree there were two really good mango trees in our in our outfield at field one in the dominican and so they would just go out there find an old mango on the ground and like with such accuracy, just nail it from the top of the tree. And then you'd have like the best freshest mangoes coming down the trees. So it's just like 
never a dull moment and it's just such cool experiences wow. and yeah i yeah. mean those things you can't quite experience in the states i don't yeah, think yeah so. absolutely I, I can't remember a time i was knocking off mangoes off of a tree on yeah. the <laughs> yeah so just like the overall love for the culture i had while i was there and just like the amount of love that the players have for their sport and for life was just so contagious like they were just constantly singing with each other dancing like a lot of the times between sets in the weight room we would just break out into dance and they would try and teach me bachata and merengue and I just have no rhythm so it would just be so funny but it's just like honestly was the most valuable experience of my career and my life like I just had so much growth while I was living there as not only as a coach but as a person like I wouldn't wouldn't trade that experience for anything well, that is beautiful. It sounds like you lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And okay, so I would love to hear so much more. I feel like you have so much to share. But I'm going to wrap it around and we're, I'm going to ask you the two big questions on my podcast. Yeah, for sure. Which is number one, how do you define Brittany Weave? Oh, this is a beauty question. I love this. I would say energy and kindness like okay. I, I want to be able to light up any room that I walk into and I want how passionate and how much I love my job I want to show every single day every single second and I want to share share that love and appreciation with everyone and for them to feel it and I just want to be be constant good vibes for everyone surrounding me you know right, right. And on the kind on the kindness side like I want to I want to treat everyone with the same respect that I would want to receive myself. And that is regardless of position, background, who any who anyone is, we all deserve to be treated as equals. Absolutely. I love that. And number two, what is your rule in life? Biggest rule in life, full freaking send. Full okay. send. <laughs> so I, my biggest fear is not sending it so living with regrets living with what ifs i never never want to have that so something that i live by is full send so whether that's my career whether that's moving across the world to dubai whether that is signing up for track club when i used to hate running in college and have ptsd from my conditioning test from basketball but just full send do it anyways um, within the first week of moving to Dubai, it was always my my bucket list to go skydiving in Dubai because they have like the gnarliest view over top of the palm when you do it. So within the first week of moving here, I just full send, went, did it. It's the most amazing experience. So it's just never, never living with regrets and having that full send mentality. That's my biggest rule in life. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. And thank you, Britt, for sharing so much with us. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you like the show, please like or subscribe. And please leave a review so I know what you think about it. New episode will be up in two weeks, and I hope to see you back here.